Welcome everybody back to the Rooted Netified show. We are so glad that you are joining us today. I'm your host, Caddy Elias, and you are joining us for a special episode today of Involving Kids at Christmas Time, which is hopefully just in time during this holiday season, and we really hope to support you. And to help us help you do that, we have Pam Young here, Happy dance for you. Woo, woo. So glad that you're joining us today. You are an amazing woman and we're going to tell you much more about her in just a few minutes before we start telling everybody how amazing you are because that'll probably take a very long time. <laughs> um, I want to tell you more about this podcast and a few reminders to remind you about what we do here. This podcast is sponsored by and is part of Beautifully Rooted, which is a Christian mental health and education corporation. You can find us online. It's an organization that I founded to work with healthy relationships, healthy thinking, and and healthy living all in Christ. This Rooted and Edified show is also a fun-loving, no-facade, Bible-believing, conservative Christian worldview show for men and women who want to hear about real-life testimonies and the power of God, who want to talk about various topics like today, who want to enjoy talents that are in the church, and also, of course, to discuss theology. We want to help support you in growing deeper in your relationship with Christ and also more mature in your walk. As a reminder, we put out both an audio and a video podcast. So whichever is your preference, it is available to you. And we're on most major podcast platforms. And if you are just so excited about what we're doing here and you want to support us in some way, or you want to volunteer, we are happy to have you. We would love to hear from you. To check out more about that and more about this podcast and Beautifully Rooted, you can check out our website, which is www.beautifullyrooted.com. And that's spelled B-E-Y-O-U. So let's jump in to discuss more about our fabulous Pam Young here. We're just so happy that you're joining us today. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. Pam has been working in children's ministry at Not Avenue Christian Church for over 21 years. That is amazing that you can hang in there with those kids. Well, that might be my advice. For 21 years. And I thought that you were only 22. You started when you were one. You were working while you were at the kids' you know, ministry. Start them young. Yes, that's right. Pam has told us that she loves to see kids faith and grow in their walk with Jesus. She just celebrated 14 years of marriage to her husband, Adam, and she has three kids ages 10, 3, and 2. You deserve the round of applause for working with children and being married for 14 years and having children that are 10, 3, and 2. You heard me right. And you're still here laughing and joyful. We appreciate that. So we're going to get some of your secrets here today. <laughs> Pam and her family, they love Jesus and they love camping and baseball. Yes. That is you in a nutshell. That is me in a nutshell. Yes. If you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit more about what you do at Not Avenue Christian Church and a little bit more about the children's ministry, being a children's ministry director. Yeah. So I, like you said, children's ministry, I've been in the ministry for 21 years and we have programming on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday nights. And our goal in children's ministry is to help kids feel like family, find their faith and foster a Christ-like future. That's our mm-hmm. mission in children's ministry. So we want kids who come to really feel like they can connect, they can trust, they can be in a safe place with our leadership that's there, that we love them, that we want to give them a safe place to ask questions and to grow in their walk. We want to help them find their faith. We want to partner with parents to equip them to um, to foster growth in their kids' spiritual walk and to help them find faith. Because really, 
really, we only get them for one hour, maybe two hours a week, but parents have them all week long. I mean, we can give you our kids longer. <laughs> if you want. Right? <laughs> if you want them for four, you got them on Friday night. Yeah. yeah. But partnering with parents is a big deal. So yes, that's part of what this podcast is going to be about is helping. How, how can I help partner with you as a parent out there to mm. involve your kids at Christmas time and to help find the faith part of that? Because that's such an important part of what we do in ministry at Not Avenue. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for that. Let's start off by clarifying that this episode is about different ways to involve kids during the Christmas time that might be impactful for them in understanding the reason for the season. This can be geared towards parents, of course, for you to utilize with your children, but it's also for other people who have influence over children that are in their life, a special role that you have been given by God, whether that be being a mentor, caregiver, or an aunt or an uncle, mm -hmm. whether you are a grandparent, a teacher, foster parents, whatever it is, we want to roll out what are some things that you can do with children, whatever sphere of influence that you have. Absolutely. Right? That's right. You don't have to, you don't have to have children in order to implement some of these things yourself. You can be an influence and impact on other children. And man, can that make such a world of difference? Yeah. I know people in my life poured into me and it made a humongous difference. And that wasn't necessarily my mom or dad. It was other people also who joined in and that made a humongous difference. So yeah, that statement, it takes a village yes. is so true. It's I, not yeah. just the parents. It's all the people surrounding the parents that help support and raise a child and pour into them to turn them into what they're going to be. Yes. So, and you know, a hometown that I used to live in or right next to is called the village. So literally, I think it was really? the village. Yeah, it's called the village. <laughs> it was a, uh, Vandenberg Air Force Base. They call it the village. Huh. So literally, it was a village raising raising kids. Me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So on that note, according to us, we're going to jump into our questions here for you, Pam, so that yes. everybody can benefit from hearing from you. In all your years and experience of kids in ministry, do you think that kids typically have a good understanding of what Christmas is really about? I think it depends on their age, but mm -hmm. I think that kids can get a lot of mixed messages about Christmas time. I think on the one hand, there's Santa and Santa's going to bring me gifts and mm -hmm. it's all about what do I want to put on my list and, and how good do I have to be to earn mm -hmm. a gift from Santa? Am I on the naughty list or the nice mm -hmm. list? And on the other side of that, there's it's Jesus's birthday and we're celebrating his birthday. And wait, when I go to a birthday party, I bring a gift and I give it to somebody else. And is that what I'm doing? Or why am I celebrating Jesus's birthday? And how does that tie in with Santa mm -hmm. and him bringing me gifts? And do those things even connect in any way? And so I think it can be confusing mixed message time mm -hmm. for kids. Mm -hmm. So I think that they have a concept of both of those things, but they haven't melded them together. So That's interesting. So they yeah. have an understanding of both aspects, but they don't merge together. It's not like they overlap. It's kind of yes. like two separate things. At the yes. Same. Okay. Or maybe not overlap, but like kind of merge together yeah. in the same story. So what do you think is the true message that kids should understand about Christmas? So what I think Christmas is really all about is the gospel. If you look at John 3, 16, mm -hmm. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And I think the main concepts in there is God loved so he gave. Mm. And I think mm. when we focus on God's yeah. aspect of generosity, generosity is part of God's character. And when we focus on his generosity, he loved us, so he gave mm. to us. And Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So again, that's he loved us, and so he gave something to us. And what I love about that verse is that it says, while we were still sinners. So when you think about the confusion of Santa and his naughty and nice list, you can kind of think we were 
on the naughty list, but God loved us and gave us a perfect gift, even though we were on the naughty list. And so I think when we focus on that characteristics of, of God, of his generosity and how he loved and so he gave, I think when we focus on that part of it, that really clarifies what the gospel message and what Christmas is all about. God gave us the best gift we could ever have, and that was Jesus Christ. And so God loved us, so he gave. So we love others and we can give, and that can tie into what we do at Christmas time. And I think when you bring the Santa aspect into it, if we go back and look at the history of where Santa came from, you look at St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas believed in Jesus. He loved Jesus. He saw people with a need and he had compassion for them and he gave gifts. I think we can even, however you land on the Santa issue, because I know people have different opinions on where, you know, where Santa fits into their family and in their Christmas talk. But when you bring it back to how Santa started, he loved Jesus and he had a compassion for God's people and he wanted to give gifts. And so you focus it on the generosity. Which is and a I Christian it, concept, right? Absolutely. So that's it's a Christian concept. Yeah. The way that it started. Yes. The way that it started. I think for me, I, I just remember talking about Santa with my 10 year old who now, you know, he's older, so he understands more now. But when we were little, I was always hesitant to talk about Santa at all because I'm like, I don't want to give him mixed messages about mm. Christmas. But obviously Santa's everywhere at Christmas time. It's not like we can avoid the issue of Santa at Christmas time, but can we focus on Santa gives and Santa is generous and how can we do that? And God is generous to us and God gives us the best gift yes. and focus on the generosity aspect of it instead of the, am I on the naughty list? Am I on the nice list? I always want to encourage kids to behave well. However, I don't want to tell them you have to behave well to earn God's love or to earn this gift or any of that. God loved first and he gave first, even when we were on the naughty list. That's the thing I think we really want to focus on with kids is to help them think of God's generous spirit and that he loved us so much that he gave us something. And now how can I involve them in that at Christmas time? I love that you're making that tie of Christian principles, the fruit of the spirit too. Yeah. The, the Christian attributes that we should have that are godly attributes. And that as we get more mature, we develop tying that into, but this is the point of the Christmas story, the way that we celebrate Christmas culturally. This is the this is the Christian aspect, and this is this is why we do it versus um, and understanding that this is why we do it. Yeah, I guess right. Yeah, so that, absolutely. That way they don't idolize Santa or they don't idolize gifts. Yes. So that they understand that this is a I don't know if it's a projection, but this is a part of our cultural piece. But behind it, we are always Christian. We're going to have that generous spirit. That's why we do it. Yeah. So I love that. So we are ready. If you can give us some ways into how we might be able to include children in the Christmas season, we are all for it. Okay. So I have. A few ideas that I brought. One of them is if you're watching the podcast, I'm holding up this advent calendar. If you're listening to the podcast, I got this advent calendar from theparentq.org. It is a website that is, it's a free website that just gives parents all sorts of tools that they can use in raising their kids in faith. And it's connected to the curriculum that we use in our children's ministry at Knott Avenue. So um, a lot of it kind of goes along with what we're teaching our kids on Sunday mornings anyway. Can you Um, say the website one more time? Yes, it is theparentqcue.org. Theparentq.org. Great stuff. And I'm sure you could find an advent calendar in other places, but I really like what theparentq.org offers to us. So this is an advent calendar. And even if you've, it's, you know, we're already in December. So technically you've missed some of the days of this advent calendar, but that's okay. It's a little overwhelming to me, honestly, to think about doing something every single day anyway. So what I was thinking is I was going to look over this calendar and pick the ones that are my favorites and kind of focus in with my kids and maybe do a few each week instead
instead of one every single day. But whatever you feel like you're capable of with you know your kids or the kids that are in your life, that's fine. Especially if you're a mentor or a grandparent, you may not have the kids that are in your sphere of influence every single day. Maybe you want to pick a few special ones that we're going to read through the scripture in the Bible story of Jesus's birth. And then we're going to do one or two of these special activities that are suggested on the advent calendar. But it gives you lots of good ideas, a little something, just a little something for every single day in December that's reading the Bible story of Jesus's birth. And then an idea of something that you can do with your kids, even if it's just walking the neighborhood and looking at the Christmas lights. And I feel like this allows you opportunities for teachable moments with kids because kids ask random questions at the most random times, you know, you're walking down the street and you get the random question. And I think for us as parents or anyone who's in the fear of influence of a kid is making space and time for those teachable moments. We don't want to be in such a rush in the month of December that we're, um, that we're missing those moments to teach our kids about Christ and about the reason for the season. We want to be able to take that moment when they're actually open to being, you know, taught something and sometimes putting them in a situation like this, we're going to walk and look at the Christmas lights and they see a decoration and maybe they're going to ask a question about it and that allows us to have a conversation with them that helps teach them more about the reason for the season. So I think this advent calendar gives us good opportunities to like spur on those teachable moments. And it's one page. Yeah. Very simple, right? Yeah. Very one page. It's free, as you say. Um, yes. There's no chocolate with it. There's no chocolate so with it. that's helpful for you that parents, right? So <laughs> they don't have to expect to open up a chocolate every single day. That like is those true. Like advent calendars where they open chocolate, right? Yes. And, and I think also, thank you so much that it's it's a great reminder that parents need to take some time intentionally to spend time with their children to go over these things because during the holiday season it's not just the kids who are sometimes misguided it's also the parents who have priorities that are that get out of whack because of the pressure because of busyness because there are other demands uh, things that we want to do and sometimes those things get in the way and so we aren't left over with a lot of energy yeah sometimes that it takes to regulate yourself to work with children so what a great reminder that we do have to carve out some time and make sure that it is important to go over some of these things. And I love that you're telling us, you know what, it doesn't have to be so rigid of every single day get to these things and construct things that are very difficult and time consuming. But even if it's, okay, this a couple times a week, I pick something Mm -hmm. or when I see them, that's such a great relief and reminder that you can do that. Any effort that you put in is better than nothing. And you might really find great benefit out of that for your children. Your children might find great benefit. So thank you for that reminder. We also have an episode of stress management during the holiday season. Mm. So if that is you right now, go back and check that out. We go over some tips on how do you manage that stress so you can deal with your little blessings. Yes. And as I didn't call them stress. <laughs> blessings. Blessings. Right. Your yes. little blessings. Yes. Okay. So that was one. The other thing that I thought about involving kids at Christmas time is, you know, for my husband and I, we sit down at some point and say, who do we want to buy gifts for? And what are we thinking about getting them? Well, involve your kids in that. Involve have your kids sit down and say, you know what? We want to be generous this season and we want to give gifts. Who are some people in our lives that we love that we want to get something for? Have them help brainstorm gift ideas and take them to the store and let them pick out something and make this a, this is not for us. This whole shopping trip is to pick out something for other people in our lives. And you're going to get to go with us and walk up. And if you see something you like, awesome. Make a note of it and we'll put it on your wish list, you know, for later. But this trip is only 
only about picking out toys for other people or not necessarily toys. Maybe it's, you know, grandparents or whoever it is. But like, this is a shopping trip that's just for you to pick something out for like somebody else. The grandparents else. like, great, I got a toy, <laughs> fabulous. There you go, fabulous. Because I was thinking, yeah, your kids might be very selfless if you say, okay, let's pick people to get gifts for. I'm thinking the kids are going to say, me, but I love that you're yeah. clarifying. Yeah. Okay, this is specifically for someone else and that you're kind of creating that desire in them to and the blessing in them that they will receive from giving to others. Yes. So I love that. Yes, now, absolutely. Now, watch that episode on stress management during the holidays if you were going to take your children to the <laughs> store to pick out gifts for other kids. Right. Make sure you watch out. Absolutely. Things, yeah. And and it doesn't always have to be an expensive thing, too. You might mm. think if you're, if you're sitting down and thinking, what do we want to give as a gift? Maybe it's something you're going to make that's mm-hmm. homemade. Maybe it's spending time with someone because some people, you know, that's one of their love languages is quality time. So maybe they don't want a physical gift, maybe just spending time. Like, I'm going to read a story with grandma because she loves it when I snuggle in her lap and read a story with her. And that's a special gift that you're going to give. And you don't have to even buy anything for that. So um, that's why that brainstorming gift ideas, I think, is a great pre, you know, first step before you take them to the store to buy stuff. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, sit and think about what those gifts are going to be so that, you know, not everything has to be spending money. I have one more thing. And this is where I was talking about that idea of Santa and the idea of Jesus. I have two books and these are not, you know, I'm sure there are other books out there that would be great examples. Mm -hmm. This is just two examples that I happen to find on Amazon. This book is called The Legend of St. Nicholas, A Story Mm -hmm. of Christmas Giving, written by Dandy Daly McCall. I found it on Amazon. I'm sure there are others like it. But what I love is that it's from a child's perspective and it goes back to the story of when St. Nicholas was a kid and how Mm -hmm. he was inspired to give and it has Jesus in it. It, So it talks about the generosity of Jesus and how he decided to give. And so it kind of ties in the roots of Santa and then Jesus in his life. And this book does the same, um, not from a child's perspective so much. This book is called St. Nicholas, the Gift Giver, retold and illustrated by, I'm going to guess how to say this man's name, Ned Bustard. This book is written like poetic style, like the night before Christmas poem, except it's about the roots of St. Nicholas. And and then it kind of goes into the legend of Santa Claus and like how that developed from St. Nicholas. But I just love how it really talks about his love for Christ and how God is generous and how that inspired him to become generous. And so if you're looking for a story to read with your kids and you're, you know, Santa is involved in your Christmas time, this is a really good tie in between the two. It doesn't focus at all on the whole naughty nice thing, which Mm. is, in my opinion, the most confusing part about Christmas for kids is the I have to Mm. behave to earn a gift. It doesn't go there at all, but it still has the mystery of Santa involved. Those are some really good books if if you're interested in reading books with kids, if your kids are book readers. And I love the idea that you're bringing up of examining what are we teaching our children with a nice and naughty list. Absolutely. And is there a place for earning, having certain behaviors and earning certain rewards? Mm -hmm. And is that pl- and there is a place in parenting for that, sure. of course, right? Because we don't want entitled children who just think they can get everything. Absolutely, and don't connect actions with consequences, and I can do whatever I want and get whatever I want, right? right? So we don't want that. But what you're bringing up is is that what we want for the Christmas time and for a gift 
giving. Right. Absolutely. When, you, when you're talking about theology, that's basic theology mm -hmm. there. The gospel message is that God loved us first and gave us the greatest gift, even when we didn't deserve it. And we want our kids to know that's that right. he offers that to them. It's not that's Santa right. Claus where I earn God's love. I earn his gift. That's not how it works. Right. And we don't give to get something back <laughs> Great. because kids are naturally selfish and they think I want gifts and I want stuff for me and what's in it for me. And so, right. you know, getting them to realize that this isn't about you. This is about you're expressing your love and you're not doing it to earn something back. Kids are, are pretty selfish, but as adults. <laughs> no. Oh, not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. All right. Um, do you think that you have special words or phrases that you use with children that are kid-friendly type words when it comes to discussing Jesus and Christmas? Or do you speak pretty frankly with them? Um, I would say I speak pretty frankly with kids, but I try to keep it age level appropriate. It, okay. You know, you need to use vocabulary that kids are going to understand. So if you use big churchy words and you're talking to toddlers, they're not going to know what you're talking about. Like you need to hold yourself accountable. Yes. Is that something they're that you like, say to I don't know what you're, you're talking like, you're about. Too, and you need to hold yourself accountable. <laughs> That's what. But I think when you keep it simple with God loved, so God gave, those are very simple words and concepts that kids can understand. God loved me and he gave me something. I love you. I want to give you something. You know, those are basic mm -hmm. concepts and words that kids can understand, simple vocabulary that, and you know, when you get older kids, you can talk more in depth with them about what does that mean? And, you know, you can expand on that. They can understand and grasp things right. more. With little kids, you need to keep it pretty concrete mm -hmm. and pretty simple. And do you go over the specific scriptures with them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, John 3, 16, absolutely. That's very gospel centered. And then, you know, read the actual story of Jesus's birth from the book of Luke. And then also in the other gospels mm -hmm. too. Yeah. We definitely go over scriptures with them. And again, keep it simple and age appropriate. We usually use simple language for our little kids, but at church, yeah, we read through the whole story of Jesus's birth and talk about how much God loved us. So he gave us this gift of his son. Sometimes we don't engage children or bigger people even and maybe for that matter, because we're afraid that they may address a topic or ask a question that we don't know the answer to. We're afraid that maybe they're going to bring up a topic that we are having difficulty addressing. If that comes up, someone's feeling anxious, what would you tell them in regards to involving their kids, but they're kind of still putting everything together and not sure about how to answer them? What would you tell them to help them encourage them? So I would say this to parents, and I've said this to Sunday school teachers as well. We're all growing in our faith. We're all still learners. And I think I think it's really a good thing for kids to see that I'm not perfect and I don't know everything. I've been a Christian for a long time and there are still things that I learn about the Bible. There are still things that I don't understand mm -hmm. about the Bible and we're all learning together. Now, I may be a lot further along in my learning process than the kids are, so I'm going to know more than they do. But there are still times where something comes up and I don't know the answer. And I would say the best thing is don't pretend like you know everything. <laughs> don't make up an answer. It's perfectly acceptable to look at someone and and say, you know what? That's a great question. I'm not sure of the answer. Let me do a little more study into it and get back to you and we'll have another discussion about it. Or let's go look up that together. Hmm. Let's let's mm -hmm. dig into the word together and see if we can figure out the answer to the question that you have. So I think it's really good for kids to see that we're not perfect and that we all still learn things. And hey, I'm old and I mm -hmm. still learn new stuff all the time. And, and that's they're, great. They're forgiving as well. If you don't know an answer and then you find one, they're just happy that you were able to come back with the answer. Yeah. Versus judging you for not knowing. They don't really think like that. Yeah. Right? They're just happy in that minute. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. And what a great time to be living in, in the sense that there's so much technology that if you, it's not like the olden days when we had an encyclopedia, if you were able to afford an encyclopedia <laughs> yeah. and you, and you could buy the whole deck 
Right. Versus just A A through A I. <laughs> now we have that where you had to go and wait if you had a question to go look it up or go to the library. We have everything at the access of our fingertips online that's already organized. That probably if you just type in the question, there's already a page specifically to answer that question. Yeah. Right. right? And along the lines, you'll be learning as well, which hopefully will be fortifying your knowledge as well as well as your children. And then maybe also you can ask them. You can let them know. You know, I'm not sure about that. Let me check this out, and we'll talk about this again. Um, also maybe check out, well, what brings up that question? Oh, yeah. And to start kind of processing what else is going on that's prompting that, that mm -hmm. you can start addressing yeah. in the meanwhile, and then come back to them with the answers. You are one busy woman. Yes? Yes. No? <laughs> yes? Okay. Yes. Okay, so you are a very busy woman. Any advice that you'd be able to give someone who wants to pour into their child or their children or a child, uh, but it's just having a really hard time figuring out the time to do that? I, I think my best advice is that sometimes you have to say no to things that are good to make room for what's best. And we prioritize, so. we make time for things that are a priority to us. If working out is a priority to me, I'm gonna make time in my schedule to get it done because it's a priority to me. If spending time with my kids is a really a priority to me, I'm going to make time to get it done. The other thing that I would say is sometimes you just have to let stuff go. Sometimes when I'm at home with my kids and my little ones are taking a nap and I think, oh my goodness, during nap time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bake this thing, I'm gonna get this little laundry down, I'm gonna get this shower in, I'm gonna blah, 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 blah. And then my 10 year old says, mom, can you go in the backyard and play catch with me? And sometimes I have to think, okay. Your head doesn't spin back and go, no. Yeah, yeah. sometimes, I mean, if it's absolutely important and I can't make it wait, then you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. But whenever I can say, you know what? He wants to spend time with me and that's one of the ways, that's one of his love languages is mm. quality time. He just wants to go in the backyard and play catch. So I'm like, you know what? The laundry can wait. That other thing can wait. I want to spend time and he wants to spend time with me because don't we all know that eventually they hit an age where they don't want to go play in the backyard with you anymore? And you know, I want to make sure I'm investing that time when I can do it. And so I'm going to just push those other things aside and I'm going to make time because it's important to me and I'm going to go spend time with my son. And my daughter loves to cook with me. If I'm in the kitchen and I'm going to cook something, she, can I help? I'll get, get the stool, get the stool. And she brings a little step stool mm -hmm. in and climbs up on the step stool. My daughter loves to eat. Very similar <laughs> that way. But my daughter is three. And so I know that when I make room for my daughter to come in and cook with me, we're gonna make a mess and stuff's gonna get spilled. And you know, I'm gonna have to pick eggshells out of the bowl if there are eggs cracked in the bowl. But you know Fingers what? Fingers might go in the butter. Yeah, always. and she's gonna lick whatever we're eating and yeah. it's gonna get touched. So it depends, you know, I have to limit what I let her help me with because if I'm feeding Everyone's it to somebody like, else, they might not Pam's want. House. I know, <laughs> right? There are times that I say no and I don't let her help me because I'm feeding it to somebody else who's not a part of our family. <laughs> but I have to make space for that because she loves it. It's such a bonding time for us and she's learning so much when she's in the kitchen with me. I just have to let go of the perfection part of it and say, my kitchen's gonna be a mess and maybe this cake isn't gonna look as pretty as it was supposed to, but she wants to help and she's getting so much out of it. So I'm gonna make space for that. So I think it's really a matter of if it's a priority to, to us, we have to make space and sometimes say no to something that's good so that we can make room for what's best. And we forgot to mention that you are an amazing baker. That's one of your passions, right? It is, it is, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love to bake and if if I am baking for somebody who paid me to make a cake, I don't let my daughter help me with it because those ones have that's to look me. really nice because someone paid for it They're and like I'm giving it to them. That's a whole different thing. There's an eggshell in it, but thank you. Right? <laughs> but when I'm baking for somebody at home and it doesn't really matter if it looks perfect, then my daughter comes and joins me. <laughs> Very nice. Obviously, if you haven't figured out through our questions now, Pam has an amazing 
tolerance for children, <laughs> an amazing tolerance and patience, right? You're always laughing. You're always rolling with the punches. What advice would you give to a parent or a loved one who's overloaded with children and stressed mm. and do, they don't include children because of the amount of energy it takes? Some of that I feel like is part of God's gifting in my personality is that I just have that kind of laid back personality that rolls with, with the punches, which is why I can work with kids for 21 years mm -hmm. and still love what I do and enjoy that. But a lot of it is I think you just have to find that space for yourself to spend time in God's word, to get your head on straight so that mm. you can have that peace in your own heart. And then, like I said, let go of the perfection part of it and know that if you're stressed, if you're too worried about things being perfect or things getting messed up, then it's going to be hard for you to let kids into your space because kids are loud, kids are messy, kids make mistakes. And that's awesome because that's how they learn and that's how they communicate. And it's just, it's, I mean, I love kids. So it's what I love about kids, but sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's chaos. And, you know, I thrive in that chaos, but other people will walk into a room and be like, oh my goodness, I don't understand how you're doing what you're mm -hmm. doing right now. And that's hard. So it's also knowing yourself and what your own limitations are, but really just getting yourself in the right space taking that time. I read a, a story somewhere about a woman who had like 10 kids at home or something like that. And she was at home with the kids all the time. I think this was like a way back somewhere in history story. Mm -hmm. But Did she, she live in a just... shoe? All <laughs> right. Did she have so many kids? She didn't know what to do? <laughs> she didn't know what to do. I've heard that story now. But the, no, we this... love kids and big families. I know, so. that's right. But the story goes that she would sit in a chair and just put a towel over her head. And the kids knew that when there was a towel over her head, it was mommy time. She was being with Jesus. Don't interrupt me. Don't bother me because I need to get right with Jesus. I need to have my time, my little bit of me time, even if it was just a little bit of me time in the corner. And then she was filled and was able to pour into her kids because she had Jesus in her own heart and it had filled her up. So I really think, you know, it's that oxygen mask in the airplane, put it over your own face first, and then you can help someone else with theirs. I think that's how it is spiritually with us. We fill up our own hearts first with the love of God, and then it flows out to the people that are around us, the kids that are around us in our lives. So if you haven't done that in your own heart, it's gonna be really hard for you to find a way to do that for someone else. You know, I, we've mentioned it before on an episode or two before, but it is something that helps me out. So I'll, I'll mention it again. Even with all the busyness, getting up and even if you're tired, sometimes getting up a little bit earlier for that quiet time mm. before your kids get up to read scripture, to pray, to have that quiet time and that alone time with God, even if it's 15 minutes that you could have slept sometimes it makes the world of difference for mm. that day. And I know for myself, my day can go completely different if I had that quiet time where I was reading scripture and the time with Jesus. And I do think that that is a way to replenish and prepare for the day. Absolutely. Even though sometimes we just want to get that extra minute of sleep <laughs> because we're tired from all the energy that, that we have expended, 15 minutes early can sometimes make a world of difference to do some of these things to, to prep you for the day and your 10 children. <laughs> right? Yeah. If you have a resistant child, I'm sure all of your children and the children you're around are well behaved, they're peaceful, they raise themselves, and they clean up after themselves, all those things, <laughs> right? right? Yes, they read scripture on their own. <laughs> but if there happens to be that one child who is resistant, who gives pushback, who just is just a, a harder child to be around sometimes, what do you do when it comes to involving the Christmas time and they're giving you pushback? Mm -hmm. Do you think that they still soak up that information even when they seem like they're not? I absolutely think that they are still soaking up that information. Kids are going to soak up our attitude and the words that we say and the 
things that we do and our facial expressions. I mean, all of that. Kids, kids watch all those little things more than we can even imagine. Yeah. And I think even when they're not paying attention, they're soaking it up. I mean, there's so many studies on like special needs kids who don't even look like they're engaging. They're off in a corner, but then you go ask them later about what was happening and they know everything because they really were paying attention and soaking it up. Especially ones that are resistant or giving you pushback. I think we just consistently show them love, show them the examples that we want them to follow and and they're gonna they're gonna soak that up and they're gonna get it. And would you still try some of the activities? Like would you still try to sit them down to read or try to do these things even if you know they're gonna run away, they're gonna give me pushback, they're gonna complain and tantrum, would you still try? Yes. Absolutely, I would still try. And I think if they ran away and had a tantrum, I would maybe like read the book out loud by myself. Would you run well, after I, them with the book? All right. <laughs> no, yeah, you certainly <laughs> don't want to shove it down their throat. You don't want to force them. But I might just say, you know what? This is a great book. I'm just going to read it. And I'm just going to sit on the couch by myself and I'm going to read this book. And they're off in the corner. I'm going to read this extra loud because <laughs> that's how I like to read. Right. right? I think that, that's great. You have to do those things. Yes. For, and actually, those are some of the techniques uh, in a, a particular type of parenting training called parenting parent-child interaction therapy. I don't know mm. if you've heard of it, but Mm-mm. it's, it's. I don't know how well known it is, but it is something that I was blessed by to learn a little bit about, but it's where they teach them a set of skills and they, they have a parent wear an earbug in their ear and they're on a two-way mirror. So it's, it's a little bit extensive. Oh yeah. And, but the other person on the other side is coaching them in the while they're parenting their child. Oh, interesting. So one of the skills is verbalizing out loud and being that animated, well, I guess I'll just play over here by myself until so-and-so's ready to play, you know, so they do yeah. those things. So that's a great thing to say, well, this is just such a great book that I'm going to read this out loud to myself and just be so excited, yeah. you know, and just and out loud and then they kind of draw back. So yeah. thank you for bringing up that point. So just as a, I was thinking, if your kid is going to be pushed back because they're like, I don't want to do anything and I don't want to know about that and I don't this or they're having a bad day, whatever it is, they are rejecting you in that minute for whatever's going on inside of their heart. You know, you can still go back and try again and say, okay, you know what? I think now is a good time to read the story now that we're having a better time today, a better day. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I've read articles about kids that are in the middle of a tantrum. Their, their mind can't even think logically about what you're talking about in that moment. So you have to give them a break. And like you said, maybe we're going to take a little break from this and we're going to come back to it. The other thing that I think is all kids have a different love language. They're going to connect and respond to different things. So maybe the one idea that you're trying with them in that moment isn't speaking to them. And so maybe you try something different, try a different idea. And I think we're always on a learning curve with our kids to find out what is the way that my child needs to hear me? How do they connect with me the best? You know, is it all the love languages? Is it physical touch? Is it quality time? Is it gifts? Is it acts of service? You know, all those things Mm -hmm. to say, which one is the one that speaks to my child and the way their brain works and the way their love language is? And how can I connect with that one for this activity? And that's a good idea not to be so rigid anyway, because I always say, rigid parents it's great for instituting structure but they have some of the hardest time in parenting Mm. because kids change so much and roles change so much and duties change so much so your kid may change so once this need gets met they're good Mm -hmm. maybe they have a different need now that they're expressing in a different way right so we know our kids change they love to eat something 
one week you buy a whole bunch of it, and you're like, yes, and they're like, I don't like that. Oh my word, yes, what is all that? the time. Right? Yes. I know, you're like, you yes. don't, what, you didn't tell me. You don't like it, I just bought, I just stocked up on, right. on like five gallons of that. And all of a sudden now, you don't like it. Yeah, you're like, okay, <laughs> well mommy likes it, I guess, so now I'm gonna eat it. Yeah, I think our kids need boundaries, but they need flexibility within those That's boundaries. Right. Like here's here's where the walls are, but now let's, let's have flexibility inside those mm-hmm. walls. And doesn't God do that with us? I mean, um, God yeah. certainly has boundaries. If you know me, you know that that is, is one of my specialties and that's one of my passions is boundaries. God certainly has boundaries. We find it all throughout the Bible. And there are some things that are make or break that, that are deal breakers, but he also has other boundaries that are guidelines that are good ideas, but at the same time, he has grace for us, mm-hmm. right? So we have that for our kids as well. He models that in his parenting of us or his relationship with us. And, and we take that into our parenting of our kids. Absolutely. Right? Definitely. So I just wanted to repeat, I wanted you to repeat a phrase. Let's see if you can do it. Test your memory. Um, that you had mentioned before that I love, and I want everyone to hear again about when I was asking you about um, how do we, you know, being so busy, what can we do? And you mentioned that sometimes we have to say no to good things in order for better things. So if you, but you said it so much nicer and better <laughs> and eloquently, and it was such a great fluctuation in the voice. But I think that's such an important <laughs> point because you didn't say, you have to say no to things that aren't as important, aren't good, bad things, which is very typical for boundaries. Mm-hmm. But you're mentioning something that I think people really need to hear is that you can say no to even good things Yes. for things that are best things yes. or better things. Yes, we say no to things that are good to make room for what's best. See how much better that was said? <laughs> I took like five sentences to get that out. So you did a great job. So thank you. So we'll definitely make that a, a snippet because that is so important for people to mm. hear. So you take that in here, this heart. And I think so many people really need to hear that because they feel so bad and torn letting go of something that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we feel like I need to do everything. Right. I need to say yes to everything it's that comes my way. It's good to, to help this. It's good to do these things. But, but sometimes we have to say no to the things that are good to make room for what's best. Finally, we love scriptures, obviously, and we're going to start our scripture section now where we're going to discuss a couple of scriptures that you guys can look up and, and think about that we thought about for today. Do you have a couple of scriptures that you maybe want to remind us of or that you brought today that pertain to what we're discussing? Uh, well, the two that I mentioned before that I'll mention again that I think are so key for this time of year are John three sixteen, which is the gospel in a nutshell for God loved us. that He gave his son um, those concepts of God loved and God gave in John 3.16. And then the other one is Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, Just very key gospel stories, but they're so um, important for this time of year when we're talking about God giving us the greatest gift of Christ. And we want our kids to know those verses. We want our kids to know that story that God loved us. So he gave us the greatest gift. Thank you. We love those scriptures, so thank you for that. Uh, two scriptures that I thought about for today was Matthew nineteen fourteen. Of but Jesus said, "Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven." The Lord wants children to know His word as well, and He loves them. Mm-hmm. He He loves children as well, so we are not to hinder them. And we, even more than not hindering them, the next scripture, Deuteronomy 6, 7 is, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So not only do we not hinder them from knowing God's word and celebrating the truth of what is Christmas, but we also teach them diligently God's word and scripture. And so much so that 
in every waking moment that we possibly can as it fits in, we teach them. Yes. And can I just comment on that? Um, I love that verse because it really talks about capturing those teachable moments with kids. You never know when a kid is going to pop up with a random question and being ready for that and being able to take advantage of that teachable moment to say, oh, their mind is open right now. Their heart is open. They've asked me a question. Let's talk about it now. And it happens all the time. And you want to make space and capture those teachable moments. The other thing is just one more little plug for theparentq.org. Um, part of what that involves is, and it goes along with the curriculum that we teach again, is that it gives you questions to ask your kid at bedtime, mm. in the car, at dinner time. It kind of gives you opportunities for those teachable moments. Like, hey, when we're driving in the car on the way home from school, instead of just how was your day at school, here's an intentional question that you can ask them that reinforces what they learned in Sunday school. Or, you know, make that question your own if you're, you know, whatever church you go to, whatever you're learning, or whatever you're reading through with kids at home, whatever you want it to be. But kind of taking advantage of the, you know, with toddlers at bath time, here's a question that you can talk about. Finding those teachable moments all throughout the day, you know, all throughout your week where you can be talking about things. And sometimes it's when they bring it up and sometimes it's when you bring it up, but just taking advantage of that opportunity when they're open to have a discussion all the time mm -hmm. and passing on that faith and that knowledge that you have about the Bible to your kids. And so tell us one more time that website. It is theparentq.org theparentq.org. And it's C-U-E. Yes. yes. So uh, just a reminder to be able to teach them diligently as we grow in our Christian walk, we, we like you said, need to be reading the word ourselves. We want to be well seasoned so we know how ought to answer. Yes. Right? To our children. So yes. we don't always have to know the answers if we don't know them, but we work towards knowing those answers and work towards understanding more and reading more of the Bible. And that comes and being transformed, letting our mind be transformed through the word, mm -hmm. right? So there's some more scripture for you, right? The Romans yes. and stick, try to stick to it daily if you can. It really, it, to read one chapter a day usually takes about five minutes. You can carve in five minutes. Mm -hmm. um, you can lock yourself in that bathroom, read five minutes. <laughs> With the fingers that's coming right, underneath the, the door. In it, but that's Just a okay. minute, I'm almost done. That's right. <laughs> They're like, I know. That's why I'm right here. <laughs> you know, we've talked about a lot. I think there's a lot of blessings that you brought. So we thank you again for joining us. Mm -hmm. And I hope that you all got a lot of benefit out of it, um, like I did. With all the things that we've discussed, what would be one thing that you really just want to make sure that as they walk away from here, as they finish listening, that they remember? I would say the main focus is... God is generous and he loves us. So he gives good gifts to us and we want to do the same. Again, thank you, Pam, for being here with us. And thank you viewers for watching our podcast and for listeners for listening to us. Please subscribe, please follow us so that you don't miss anything and that we are encouraged to keep on continuing. We are very excited to bring you lots of topics that we hope will be helpful for you. And if you, again, if you got benefit out today, you enjoyed it, Give us a like and subscribe. If you enjoyed it, please leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. And remember that we are on most of your podcast platforms and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. So we have extra things that are on our social media that you might not get through the podcast platforms like reminders of what we've discussed, small little snippets, maybe things that we talked about that, that you might want to get knowledgeable about, about the specials that we will be presenting or our guests that are presenting. Find us there. You can also look on our website and listen there as well. If you could please close us out in prayer. Absolutely. That would, would be amazing. To. Thank you. God, we thank you so much for your amazing love for us. God, that you are so generous to us. God, that even when we were still sinners, that 
you loved us, that you gave us the gift of Jesus Christ, that Christ died for us and offers us the forgiveness of sins. God, I just pray for all of those who are watching this or listening to this, God, that you would give them the strength and the peace and the joy that is part of your character, God, that you give to us in the Holy Spirit when we follow you. God, uh, especially in this season of craziness, God, would you give that to these um, to the listeners and watchers, God, that you would bless them with that, that you would help them to, um, to have peace, God, to raise their children or those kids that are in their lives in whatever way um, with the love that you have for them as well. God, we lift all of this in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for that. I could really feel that while you were praying, being reminded about how I didn't deserve any of these things, and the Lord provided abundantly, mm. and just how much we re- need to remember that. So thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. So we will send you off. See you next week. God bless you. Ciao.